You're listening to the podcast for Gloucester Evangelical Presbyterian Church, a church in Gloucester, England. We come to our, our Bible reading, which is um, Psalm 23. We've been looking at this collection of kingship psalms um, centered around Psalm 22, a collection of five uh, psalms. And we come to this uh, most famous of psalms. Let me read this to you. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, before I come to preach on God's word, we're going to sing Psalm 23. Let's stand and sing. And my 
high cup overflows. Goodness and mercy all my life shall surely follow me. And in God's house forevermore my dwelling place shall be. Well, do sit down. Please don't lie down. You may feel like lying down in green pastures, but I'd ask you to remain seated. Um, quiz question for the children. He makes me down to lie. What on earth does that mean? He makes me down to lie. Did you know? Does anyone know? Oh, do you know, Elena? He makes me lie down. It's a, it's a funny way of saying he makes me lie down. It's talking about the shepherd with his sheep. And that is what Psalm 23 uh, is all about. Psalm 23, a song of trust. In, in the Lord's abundant care, a song of David and his trust in God's care, even through the darkest place, even through the valley of the shadow of death. It's possibly the most famous passage in the whole of Scripture, I think. If you learned a psalm at your mother's knee, you may have probably learned this psalm. If you know one of the psalms, it's probably this psalm. And oh, that we knew the rest of the Psalms like we know this one. So these words have, have nourished the hearts of God's people through, through the centuries, through the millennia, um, and have brought comfort to those through, through difficult times and comfort to the, the dying. It's uh, frequently sung at funerals. So this great song of trust. And it's also part of this uh, kingship Psalm. We'll see aspects of it as we go through. Actually, it's about the Lord as, as king of his people. But it begins and ends with the name of the, the covenant Lord. The Lord's my shepherd, it starts with, and it uh, ends with, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the, uh, it's this song of trust in the Lord, the one who's made himself known to Moses, the one who guides his people. And there's two key ideas in the psalm. And the first four verses are all about the Lord as a shepherd and David as a sheep, himself as a sheep. And then those last two verses, five and six, the Lord as a great host, the great giver of a feast, and David as a guest at a feast. So let's dive in with verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I shall not go hungry. And David here, even though this was written a thousand years before Christ, he's drawing on even deeper roots. His ancestors in the faith had known of God and called upon God uh, as my shepherd. Jacob called God my shepherd. At the end of his life, he stretched out his hands to, to bless his children and his, his grandchildren. And he said this, um, he said, uh, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, uh, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, uh, the angel who's redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys. Speaking of Joseph's 
uh, boys. Jacob, through all his troubles, knew God as a, a shepherd. And we may th- think of, of the Lord through the Old Testament. He, he led his people into uh, Egypt to save them from famine. And then by the hand of Moses, he led them uh, out of Egypt. It says this in Psalm 77. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So the Lord as a shepherd uh, leading his people, that's an idea that, that David is just drawing from, um, from his ancestors, from, from, from previous uh, revelation. And it wasn't accidental that when the Lord appointed men to lead the flock, they were shepherds. Think of Moses. What was his job before he led Israel? Well, he was a shepherd. It was Jacob. He was a she- shepherd. And actually, kings in the, in the ancient Near East uh, often saw themselves as shepherd, this is not uh, unique to the, to the Bible. So in ancient, other ancient literature, uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, Gilgamesh is a shepherd to his people, possibly not a very good one, um, but a shepherd. And the king of Babylon, um, Hammurabi, uh, said, I am indeed the shepherd who brings peace. So this idea of the king being the shepherd, that was um, common in the ancient world. And of course, David himself was a shepherd Psalm 78, the Lord chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, looking after the sheep, to shepherd his people. Um, But here, even though David is a king leading his people, he sees himself as a sheep. He reflects and sings of the Lord's care for him, the abundant care of the shepherd. I shall not be in want. I shall not go hungry. So the word for shepherd and shepherding is related to the word to, to feed. Um, so, so in the Latin, that is pastor. Think of how it's related to pasture. Those words go together. So the shepherd was the one who fed the flock. And he makes me lie down in green pastures, abundant flocks. So think of that, the Lord leading his people through the wilderness from watering hole to watering hole. And they were not in So Moses said this, these 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You've lacked nothing. The Lord had provided for his people. And that was David's own experience. And the task of the shepherd in in, in the Middle East in that climate was more difficult. So uh, shepherds in England and Wales and Scotland, you know, they they put the sheep in the the field and then can sort of forget about them because the grass is always green for it is always raining. Um, and there's abundant food, and they perhaps have to sort of drive up twice a week. And uh, I probably shouldn't say these things in Gloucester because I'll, I'll get complaints from the farming community that shepherding is much harder than that, even in the United Kingdom. But in the ancient Near East, think of the shepherd in the in the in the desert leading them, and it's much more active role that, that the shepherd was with the flock and would guide the flock to find pasture in the midst of the flock, leading the flock from the front. So David sang this song of trust in the Lord's provision for him. For David, it wasn't sort of manna in the wilderness, but he speaks and he knows of God's abundant provision. The Lord is a good shepherd. He knows how to provide for his people. And so we reflect, we think of the Lord Jesus, uh, particularly in John's gospel, um, and also in Mark 6, he sees people like sheep, 
without a shepherd. And then uh, John 6, he, he makes them uh, sit down on the green grass. And there's abundant grass, which is mentioned in John 6, an echo of Psalm 23 as we reflect on Jesus as the good shepherd. And he, he made them sit down and uh, he fed them with bread, not grass. Uh, so sort of a mixing up of, of the imagery there. They were fed physically. They were also fed spiritually. He taught them many things. He taught them the word of God. And the crowd there, they were, they were satisfied. They were the poor of the earth and they ate and they were satisfied. They were satisfied physically and they were the satisfied uh, spiritually. And just like the, the, the afflicted at the end of Psalm 22, that section we read of the, the poor coming before the Lord and worshipping and, and eating and being satisfied. So here we have the, the, um, this picture of um, plenty and satisfaction. And there's actually in the New Testament, there's the, the contrast, well, even in Mark's Gospel, a contrast between the good shepherd, Jesus is the good shepherd who feeds the flock, and then you have the, the false shepherd, Herod, who uh, devours the flock and serves up John the Baptist's head on a, on a platter. There's this contrast between the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus, and false and bad shepherds. So he makes them lie down in green pastures, the good shepherd. He leads me beside still waters, says David. So the waters are not a rushing torrent uh, that a sheep might fall into and drown, but gentle waters where a sheep can quench their thirst and drink. He restores my soul. The restoration is physical and spiritual. The Lord brings restoration of our souls as we, as we hear his word, as he blesses us uh, by the spirit. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. His words bring life and satisfaction and comfort to us. Verse three, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Paths of righteousness uh, for sheep are paths that are straight and dependable, not crooked and misleading. If we trust the Lord Jesus and follow him, he leads us on paths which lead to life. And the Lord, doesn't the Lord lead us so faithfully. And he does this for his namesake, for his own namesake. The Lord preserves and blesses his flock through the ages, through the millennia, for his own namesake. So we see the Lord's care, verse 1, the Lord's provision, verses 2 and 3. And then verse 4, the Lord's protection. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Did you notice the change that David, he's been speaking of God in, in the third person. He is my shepherd, he will lead, he will guide. And here he, he, he speaks in that, um, he speaks of God directly in the second person. You are with me. He speaks directly to the Lord as the one who is with him. Uh, the Lord is with him through the darkest valley. Um, David is often, isn't he, facing enemies, facing threats of death. And his comfort was the presence of God as the good shepherd. You are with me, he knows. And in danger and difficulty, it's God's presence which is such a comfort to us. So the shepherd in the ancient world 
wouldn't just feed the flock, but would drive away or kill predators, bandits, and drive away thieves and keep the sheep safe through hostile terrain. The good shepherd at danger would lay down his life for the sheep um, and would not run away from danger. And so we think of, of the Lord Jesus, the one who gave his life uh, for the sheep, who laid down his own life to defend and protect us, to deliver us from sin and death and hell, and to protect and bless his people. And so we have this great comfort, verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David had this great hope of life, even when he was facing death itself. And we've seen that in the Psalms. That we've seen this rich hope of the resurrection from the dead on the lips of David. So Psalm 16, he says, you've made known to me the path of life. Uh, and he's talking about life beyond the grave at this point. Life uh, beyond the grave. He has this rich hope of eternal life. And, and we see that here as well. His rich hope that he can walk through death's shadow and fear no evil for you are with at me. And that, that theme kind of continues on at the end of the psalm. And so if you've come to trust in Christ, what a comfort these words are uh, as you come to face uh, your own mortality at your own death scene, as it were, that we, we can all take these words on our lips. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. These are words of deep, deep comfort that the Lord Jesus Christ is with his people. Think of what we think about this morning with Stephen as he faced that terrifying scene, that such great hostility. And then his eyes were opened and he saw the Lord Jesus standing at the right hand of God in heaven. And that scene, which was the, the scene of his own death, was actually the entrance to glory, the entrance to being with the Lord Jesus and being with all the saints there. The Lord Jesus was with him. So looked at from one angle, that great persecution of the church is just a grim and dismal scene which would cause us to despair. And there was lamentation, great lamentation. But seen from another perspective, we see the Lord was with Stephen on that day. The Lord with his people, even through those dark places. And as we, we pray and think of the, the persecuted church, um, we know the Lord is with them in those places, comforting them and blessing them. We can pray that for them, that they would know the Lord's blessing and comfort and his presence with them through those great difficulties. Verse 4, your rod and staff, they comfort me. And the shepherd's rod, um, reminding you of Sunday school lessons here, was, was used in many ways. So, but one of the uses, um, it was used for counting the sheep. So the flock of sheep, they were not a sort of an amorphous woolly mass that the shepherd sort of had a, a general care for. He had that care individually for the sheep. He knew his flock uh, by name and knew how many were in the flock and numbered them. And so this thing, one of the, the senses of this is that the, the shepherd knows the, the, each sheep, knows them by name, knows each sheep. But then the, the rod would guide uh, the people and prod them and, and, and guide them forwards. And the, the rod and staff together also uh, provides protection for the sheep. 
And so we see this just wonderful words of comfort that we can take upon our own lips. The Lord as um, our good shepherd, the one who provides for us all our needs, the one who leads us through uh, difficulty, the one who will guide us um, through our lives. And then the imagery moves to this, uh, these last few verses moves from the Lord as a good shepherd with David as a sheep to the Lord as a gracious host with David there as a guest. He goes from being a sheep, which is not a, often pointed out, it's not a terribly flattering image, is it, for, for the believer being a sheep. Sheep often get themselves tangled in, in a trouble and need a, a shepherd to lead and, and guide them. That's one of the things we learn. But they, it moves from that to this, this, um, this picture of being a, a guest at a table, really a picture of great honour. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. A picture of just bounty and honour and provision. And notice there it's in the presence of, of enemies. So this is, uh, refers to some kind of victory that actually David is going to be victorious in the place of enemies. There were those who wouldn't like David to be feasting and rejoicing. But here he is, God's... Um, the, the enemies are never far from David in the Psalms, but here is this picture of really this victory scene and God's blessing of David. You anoint my head with oil. This anointing is really a symbol of prosperity and well-being, festal sort of blessing. It's not the, it's not the same anointing that they did for kings. It's not the sort of Messiah word. It, it's a different, um, a, a different word for the, for the oil here. It's used in, um, on the head of the guest, um, to, to, as, as a blessing. And then his cup, his cup runneth over. It overflows. Just this wonderful picture of abundant blessing. The, the portions at the Lord's table are not, uh, are not meagre. You know sometimes what it's like if you go, to, go out to a restaurant and you make a, a choice of food and the plate comes and you're slightly disappointed at the uh, what you've got and you, you look around at what someone else has got well it's not that the the, the portions are a ble- bountiful and blessing and, and there's an abundance my cup runneth over and this is just this wonderful picture of God's abundant salvation that the Lord Jesus he uh, he bore the cup and drank down the, the cup of God's wrath uh, to bring us that cup of abundant blessing. So here is David as the guest of honour, seated at a table. Everything is provided, everything is prepared, um, and the host is looking after him. And to come into this banquet in in that culture was to come under someone's protection and blessing. It's a wonderful picture of God's care. And we see this in in the gospel, think of the gospel, how Jesus bids us to come and eat, to come to him to come and uh, he washes us clean and then we're invited into fellowship fellowship with the triune god which is often pictured in terms of feasting and the bounty that we have with the lord and think of the the disciples in those first chapters of acts often eating and drinking with joyful hearts in the presence of god and signs of god's great blessing and then David looks uh, to the future here. So we're often very anxious when we look to the future. But what does David think about when he looks to the future? Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy 
shall follow me all the days of my life. And the word for mercy there is, is the word um, steadfast love, uh, covenant love, the word that oft, often comes up in, in the book of Ruth and other places in the scriptures for the, the kind of love that God has for his people because they are his covenant people, the kind of love a husband has for a wife because she is his wife and the kind of love that uh, a father or a mother has for a child because uh, for, for their child, they don't have the next door kid's child. It's this covenant love, this unbreakable love that God has for his precious people. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, literally pursue me or run after me all the days of my life. So that, that word there for, for follow me is um, used of, well, it's used of when, when Pharaoh in Egypt's armies pursued Israel. It was used of when, when Saul was pursuing David. And David said, why are, you, why are you pursuing me? It's that word that is used here. Goodness and love are pursuing David. They're pursuing God's people. So what do we think about when we think about the future? Well, one of the things we should think about is that, that God's steadfast love and mercy shall follow us and shall follow God's people, shall hunt us down, the, the, the hound of heaven hunting us down throughout, through all our days. A friend of mine, um, her, her father, um, he, he would, he would lo love this psalm and had said, um, uh, the Lord is my shepherd and goodness and mercy are his sheepdogs, which um, you might think is rather quaint, but it has that sense of being chased after by, uh, by the Lord, goodness and mercy as sheepdogs. And then he, he finishes off um, with this wonderful and that he shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So David looks with longing here to his, his journey's end. We've had the, the protection and the care of the Lord throughout his life, through difficulty, through, through dangers. We've got the, the threat of death, his imminent demise. But actually, where does he look? He looks to journey's end, to uh, that he's going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, speaking of eternal life and the eternal hope that he has. Think of Jesus' words of comfort to his disciples. In my father's house, there are many rooms. There's plenty of space for all God's people. In our father's house, there are many rooms. And that is where our hope is ultimately. We do not have a permanent home here on earth. You may live in rented accommodation. Um, all our houses really upon this earth are temporary dwelling places. It is our Father's house that is our true home. It is when we reach that final destination. There will be no more uh, house moves, no more removal uh, boxes. We will dwell in our Father's house forever. And the, the Scottish divine, the Scottish preacher Samuel Rutherford, used to like to meditate on this theme of, of the, the father's house. And he urged believers, he, he said this, go up beforehand and see, I, can't, I won't, do it in a, won't attempt a Scottish accent, go up beforehand and see your lodging. Look through all your father's rooms in heaven. Be kind to the house ye are going to and see it often. 
Set your heart on things that are above, where Christ is at the right hand of God. Well, David had, as it were, through all his dangers and difficulties, set his heart on that destination, that happy home, that Rivendell, which is above the Father's house, that place of feasting and joy and peace with all God's people. Well, surely goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so now to close, um, simple question to close, are you trusting in the good shepherd? Do you know the good shepherd? Can you confess the Lord as my shepherd? That's uh, not just the Lord as the shepherd or the Lord as a shepherd, but the Lord is my shepherd. Um, that he died on the cross for my sins, that Christ loved me and gave himself for me. That makes all the difference. Are you resting in his care for you, no matter how old or how young you uh, might be? A a sharper question, perhaps, is who is your shepherd? There are many things we're tempted to, to trust in and put our hope in other than the good shepherd. But if we belong to Christ, we are called to listen to his voice and rest in his care and look to the future with confidence and hope, even through the darkest valleys, knowing that he is with us and his goodness and steadfast love will pursue us and follow after us and follow after our children and those who rise up in the church to come and the generations to come. And this is for us, it's for all of us here, for for us young and old, that the Lord Jesus Christ is a good shepherd and calls us quite simply to trust in him. And he he shepherds us as a a good shepherd, shepherds a flock. And as we pray for ourselves here in Gloucester, really what we're praying for as we're praying for the Lord to add to the number of those being saved is to, to bring more people to know the good shepherd and to come under the sound of the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many believers at this time have been through a very difficult time, even even amongst us through all these lockdowns and difficulties. There are many who need the comfort and encouragement of the the words of uh, the Lord Jesus. And as you walk around Gloucester in different places, you see many people helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd. And so we pray for his kingdom to be made known here. Um, And so again, think of uh, the book of Acts and the early church, that the people there who were cared for both spiritually as they heard the gospel, but also they then appointed deacons and they cared for people's physical needs as there were those who they needed, they needed bread and they needed care and feeding. Think of the Lord Jesus's all-encompassing care. Well, our desire is to to be that flock led by Christ, fed and nourished by him to the praise of his glorious grace. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Sermon Podcast for Gloucester Evangelical Presbyterian Church. You can find us out online at gloucesterpres, that's P-R-E-S dot co dot U-K for more. Thank you.